step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey, this is Brian Alvarez, and this is today's edition of the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8Side Network. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get it on! How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sunday, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern. Friday here on this program, you know what that means? We have got a lot of news, including SmackDown tonight, Rampage tonight. Rampage already taped. We'll give you the uh, the lineup and other results. You can watch the show tonight to find out what happens. SmackDown, of course, is live tonight, and believe it or not, we actually have... Uh, some segments announced for the show, so we'll tell you about that here today. WWE injuries, Hiroshi Tanahashi re-signing with New Japan, Sonny arrested again, the ratings for Dynamite, and more. And of course, yesterday, the new edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter came out, and we have four... Actually, five. Uh, One of them, uh, six, I guess. One of them is an act. But uh, four new entrants into the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Three of which, three acts of which, Los Bravos is one of the, uh, Los Brazos is one of the acts. It's uh, three guys. But anyway, uh, the top three, all going into the Hall of Fame with more than 80% of the vote. Okada going in with 92% of the vote. So there were 8% of voters that do not believe Okada is a Hall of Famer. I don't want to talk about it, but we will talk about Okada going in and uh, and the guy who almost went in with 59.7% of the vote. Now, last year, he only got 33%. Some very interesting results in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame voting. So we'll talk about that here on the show today and so much more. If you want to text us, 425-780-7566 is the phone number. That is 425-780-7566. Brian at WrestlingObserver.com. At Brian Alvarez on Twitter. Back in a moment to kick it off Observer Live. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. I'm Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame 2022 edition is out. Thank God. On the front page of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter website, WrestlingObserver.com, F4WOnline.com. Subscribers can read the whole thing. Bunch of great bios in there. A lot of great stories. And uh, all, you can see how everybody 
who was on the ballot for the Observer Hall of Fame did. And uh, spoiler here, Hall of Fame balloting results. The four acts going into the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame in 2022. Kazuchiko Okada, 92% of the vote. Los Brazos went in with 86% of the vote, having only gotten 53% of the vote last year. Jim Crockett Jr. went in 82% of the vote after only getting 36% of the vote last year. Don Owen going in 61% of the vote after getting 53% of the vote last year. But uh, the jumps for Jim Crockett Jr. and Los Brazos uh, particularly Jim Crockett Jr. I mean, bruh, what happened this year? <laughs> what happened? Forty-six percent, and look, it's no, the thirty-six percent. Well, I know to eighty-two. That's what I'm saying. A forty-six percent jump, and look at the jump that Los Brazos has. And you hate to put it this way, but it is put this way mostly. The death bump, and Jim Crockett Jr. passed away. Uh, Los Brazos de Plata, Super Porky, passed away last year. When that happens, a lot of times, a lot of light gets shed on somebody's career, and especially the positives of one's career, and people tend to look at other people in a different way. I, I think a great example of this to me, at least my personal example of this, is always Eddie Guerrero in that I always kind of point to Chris Benoit. It always surprised me, not that Benoit was in before Eddie Guerrero, but that Eddie Guerrero's point total and his vote total was so low. That's what always surprised me. He ultimately did get in after he had passed away and people had their warm, fuzzy memories. Obviously, that tends to take place. We see a great jump. What also, I think, pushed some of these numbers was the fact that there were going to be some people that were going to fall off the ballot. Ole Anderson, Sergeant Slaughter, they were two of the people, and we saw a big bump up in Sergeant Slaughter as well, too. It's only 5%, but when you look at some of his numbers over the last several years, you can see where he did get a significant bump, but... When it comes to a lot of Hall of Fames, including the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame, especially when it comes to the Baseball Hall of Fame here in America, it always drives me nuts when there is somebody that is such an obvious no-brainer and you still have people as members of the voting community that just refuse to put somebody in for whatever reason. And Kazuchika Okada was a no-brainer. Uh, Kenta Kobashi, the year he went in, was a absolute no-brainer, and no one will probably ever touch Kobashi's vote total at this point with the, what was it, Brian, 96%? What what, what was he voted in with, Kind of got 90, who? Who are you talking about, Kobashi or? Kobashi. Kobashi was 98. Yeah, Kobashi was 98, Liger was 95, Okada was 92. They, I'm still trying to figure out who would not vote for Kazuchika Okada. What is the excuse? Because he's still active? Because he's too young? I think that's absolute craziness. By the letter of what you're supposed to be voting on, 
Kazuchika Okada, like all of those other men, no no brainer Hall of Famers. I mean, even The Rock, in some ways, because of 2007, you could even almost argue against him, possibly in some way, a lot easier to me than you could could go against Kazuchika Okada. And I think that's insanity in itself. But well, listen, we don't know we don't know who all the voters are, but I do know true. that uh, when Dave kind of sort of revealed that Okada was going in on accident on Observer Radio. I mean, he did say that uh, he did not get 100% of the vote, and he had heard from a few people that didn't vote for Okada. And I believe his exact words were, there wasn't one good reason. I couldn't see it myself. Can't see it myself. Can you? Can you come up with a, you a good, me? solid reason? Listen, of course I've not. been watching wrestling for a long time. I've watched wrestling from all over the world. I haven't obviously seen everything, but I've watched a lot. And Okada is either... He is either the greatest professional wrestler I have ever seen, or he's he's easily top five. When he had that run a couple of years ago, I watched those Okada matches, and I grew up with Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair, and I've seen Kobashi and Misawa and Omega. Name anyone you want in this. Tanahashi. Any huge name. Tanahashi. Tanahashi. Like, I've seen all of them, okay? I never saw somebody who was as good. As Okada. Okay, fine. So uh, maybe you say, well, he's not the best. You know, I think Ric Flair's the best or whatever. Okay, fine. He's not a Hall of Famer? Bro. It's crazy. Of course he's a Hall of Famer. So he's in. And uh, Los Brazos, Jim Crockett Jr., Don Owen, all in. Uh, Poor Mystico. Poor Caristico. Listen, here's the thing with Mystico, everybody. If you're looking at the Hall of Fame and, you know, uh, Mystico, yes, he went to WWE and it was an abject, horrific failure. Okay, but you guys, some of you don't understand how big Mystico was before he went to WWE. Find the last luchador that won Wrestler of the Year. Oh, you never will, because he's the only one ever who did. He was a massive draw, a mainstream name in Mexico. Now, obviously, a lot of people only remember he went to WWE and he didn't do well and he wasn't very good and he sucked and he just was gone. But uh, he went to WWE. They don't know what to do with anybody. So anyway, the point is he got 59.7% of the vote this year after getting 33% last year. And so essentially, one person didn't vote for Mystico and he did not make it into the Hall of Fame. Every Sucks vote counts. to be that guy. Yeah, hey, look. Yeah, every, every vote counts, bros. It's wild. We're going into, what, 17, 18 years now since Mystico was at his peak. But, I mean, and I know, look, there are some people listening to us right now. They weren't even born yet when Mystico was at his peak. But it was appointment television. Any of the CMLL shows, especially what was the next, a couple days later out, Channel 52, uh, where where it would come on, and I mean, it was appointment television, Friday night appointment television because of Mystico. That's he was that big, he was that good, he was that big of a star. I mean, it was amazing how big Mystico was and how much he crossed over. So I don't know if he ever makes it in. I think he ultimately he will, but that damage of going to WWE, I mean, that absolutely hurt him. It hurt him big time. Now. Also, too, back to Jim uh, Crockett Jr., the, you know, the big boost that he got. Granted, I am a little bit biased, you know, with the, the Mid-Atlantic stuff, but to me, he was always unnaturally low. 
to be frank with you. I mean, Jim Crockett Jr. and his father, you could argue, could have went in in the initial class. Obviously, they didn't, but I think both of them being in the Cadillac of wrestling territories, what he was able to oversee, at the end of the day, everybody died. Every promoter died at the hands of Vince McMahon, every single last one of them. Every booker, as we see now with Vince McMahon, who at the end of the day, no matter what he wants to call himself, that's how everybody who was ever involved in wrestling will look at him. He's the final say. He's the booker. You see what he's turning into right now. What a mess. What an embarrassment that is with his vision right now, frankly. So I think sometimes we hold that against some of these older promoters like like Jim Crockett Jr., who had the Cadillac of wrestling territories. Literally, it was the best wrestling territory, and his biggest cities were Charlotte, Greensboro, Norfolk, and Roanoke, for heaven's sake. So, you know, I always thought he was way low. But you know what? Bottom line, at the end of the day, he's in. And I think there are some people that may never get in that deserve to be in. But everybody that is in absolutely deserves their place. So congratulations to everybody. Back in a moment, Observer Live. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. I'm Mike Sembravivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Hey, listen, we have a guy here who's all up in, uh, he's all up in old uh, Mystico's grill about botching spots. Oh, yeah? And listen, he did botch a lot of spots. You know what? Before he lost his mind and murdered his family, I was friends with Chris Benoit for many years in the early 2000s. And uh, he had gone to Mexico, and uh, he'd gone to Japan, and he had gone to, he'd wrestled all over America and uh, North America. And one day I said, how, like, how are you able to, like, work all of these different styles, like lucha and and everything? And uh, you know what he told me? He goes, I didn't do any lucha. I just went to Mexico and I just wrestled. So basically all the luchadors did lucha around him and he just wrestled like Chris Benoit. He wasn't in there trying to do like whatever. So the point of this story is Mystico is this massive, massive, massive superstar in Mexico. WWE wants a new Rey Mysterio. So instead of taking the guy Mystico and bringing him to WWE as... Mystico and having him work Mystico matches with like other people that can do lucha. They they took the guy, they changed his name, they wanted him to work American style versus Americans with a little bit of high flying in there. Well, of course it didn't work. That's the point. Now, granted, Mystico had some issues of his own. He uh he didn't want to learn any English. He uh had some behavioral issues. But the point of this is, if you would have taken Ric Flair in his absolute prime, 
when he was the best wrestler in the world, arguably, mid-'80s. And, uh, and he got signed by CMLL, and they brought in Ric Flair, and they said, okay, we're gonna, first off, we're going to change your name. You're going to be uh, Blanco, whatever. And uh, you're, you can't work the Ric Flair style. We want you to, uh, you know, do headlocks on the other side and uh, flips and rolls. And let me tell you something about Ric Flair. Guy don't roll very well. So, and then they go in there and they want me to work Lucha style with a different name. And he, it totally doesn't work. He doesn't get over. I mean, are you going to go, oh, that Ric Flair, he actually sucked. No. And you know what? No one in their right mind would have done that with Ric Flair. There's exactly one company who would want to take the biggest superstar in Mexico, bring him in, change everything about him, and then not figure out why the guy didn't get over. So anyway, I don't want to hear it. Obviously, the guy had a lot of problems. He wasn't perfect. But man, that guy got screwed in WWE. You know, I remember there being a time where wrestling was so down in Japan and wrestling was especially so down in New Japan that people were wondering, would we ever see somebody get elected to the Hall of Fame? What would the fates of the Yuji Nagatas and the Minoru Suzukis be? And then we have obviously seen the ascension of New Japan and the entrances of Hiroshi Tanahashi, Shinsuke Nakamura, as well as people like Minoru Suzuki and Yuji Nagata. And now when you look at the landscape, Roman Reigns is going to be added next year uh, on the ballot. Becky Lynch is going to be on the ballot for the first time next year. It is going to be very interesting now to see where WWE and where today's stars end up. You know, CM Punk did not get a large bump, even though he doubled his total. He had such a low total last year that, you know, it's not really up that high. But when you look at the WWE side, you ask yourself, man, Edge, Randy Orton, uh, these types of people, will they ever have really a shot to get in? Well, what they do in WWE, well, how they are, are handled, you know, in their booking and how they're presented on television, how much will be held against them not being able to, to <laughs> evade what happens to them at the control of WWE. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how people react to them as the years go on. So next year, a lot of tag teams are going to be added to the ballot. And that's going to be interesting for me. Somebody who's a big fan of tag teams, somebody who was very influenced by tag teams, by the Tully Blanchards and Arn Andersons, by the Steiners, you know, we're going to have Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood, Akira Tawe and Toshiaki Kawada. Tawe, the one pillar that has not been voted into uh, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame as a singles, as a tag team. I mean, to me, he's almost undeniable. Antonio Rocca and uh, Argentina Rocca and Miguel Perez, same way. They're the biggest drawing tag team in the history of pro wrestling other than the Road Warriors. I mean, you know, to me, they're a no-brainer. So it'll be very interesting to see tag teams and how they're looked at as we continue on because here's the one thing that seems to be pretty consistent. Even though we have a lot of great tag teams now we like to talk about, they are still never going to be, and they're not at the forefront in the way that I think a lot of people would like them to be, and I think as, as much as they could be. So tag teams always getting the short end of the stick. Tonight on SmackDown, former Shield stablemates Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins will take part in a face-to-face -face segment tonight. That's exciting. They're wrestling at the Royal Rumble. Lita will make her return to SmackDown tonight. Aaliyah and Natty are two of the other wrestlers who have been confirmed for the Women's Rumble. They will face off in a singles match tonight. It will be Aaliyah's first singles match on SmackDown since being called up from NXT and the first time that she has wrestled since she vomited all over herself after a match in November. She was excited. 
Sami Zayn has promised to out jackass Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> I'm sure it's a fun segment to film for Sammy, so. And that's tonight. Sammy has a new stunt show called In Zane. <laughs> it's wacky. It's In Zane. In Zane. Sure. Why not? Announced for this uh, rampage tonight. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Trent will face Adam Cole. Layla Hirsch, Red Velvet, and Chris Statlander face Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, and The Bunny. Sean Spears faces Andrew Everett. And a look at Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez. That's tonight on, on Rampage. New Japan Xavier Woods currently out of action due to injury. He was on G4's Attack of the Show on Thursday. He says he's out of action due to suffering a torn plantaris, which doesn't sound good. He is out of action four to six weeks. The plantaris is a muscle located underneath the calf. If he is unable to return to the ring before the four to six week timetable, he would miss the Royal Rumble. The injury happened when he was jumping into the ring to hit a DDT. Because eight times out of ten when you get hurt, it's something dumb. You never should have got hurt doing it just happens. And the other two times are you're doing something crazy and you actually get hurt. <laughs> he says, uh, I was jumping into the ring to do a DDT. I spring off the bottom rope and grab the guy and then run his head into the ground, hopefully shattering all the bones in his body so I can pin him and win the match and make more money. I didn't know that. A DDT is about shattering every bone in a man's body? Well. He said, I did that part still, but in the process, just jumping off the ropes... So nothing like a shark attack, a steel chair hit, not a machine gun, not a machete. I just jumped. That's what I said. So what happened was he tried to do the move where he was going to break every bone in the other guy's body, and he hit the move, but the only one hurt was his own leg. This man seems to be uh, prone be to back soon. hyperbole here, but, uh, I mean, that should be the move, uh, the, the goal of any wrestling move is to shatter and destroy your opponent, right? I mean, it should be. What are we doing here otherwise? One of New Japan's top stars has renewed their contract with the promotion. Tanahashi announced he has signed a new deal with New Japan. He's a current IWGP United States heavyweight champion, won the title from Kenta after almost killing the poor guy in a no-DQ match at Wrestle Kingdom 16 Night 2 earlier this month. Kenta came out with a dislocated left hip, a broken nose, tendon damage to his finger, severe lacerations to his back, and had to miss the NJPW versus Noah show. Teach him to mess with Ace. No, teaches both of them not to do those stupid matches at their age. Whatever. Don't mess with Ace. I'm not messing with the Ace at all. I'm trying to protect the Ace by having him do wrestling oh, matches boy. and not stunt totally shows. Is. Yeah. Bro, you know what, Mike, is funny? If... If they would have announced that as a result of that hardcore match, Hiroshi Tanahashi had a dislocated left hip, a broken nose, tendon damage to his finger, severe laceration to his back, and would have to miss night three of Wrestle Kingdom 16, you would be railing on that match. But because it's Kenta, who's not as big a deal as the ace, everything's all right. No, oh, it's only he... Kenta. Don't mess he... with the ace's hardcore match. What if he was doing a high fly flow and just on a basic move and, you know, blow out his knee or something like that? Like, oh, I well, don't know. Well, you know what? Like Jake Atlas Guess or what? somebody like that. Right. I Guess get what, bro? It that you didn't, it didn't like happen. the match. I get it that you didn't like the match. And I, I was not, 
a huge fan of the match. I wouldn't have went in that direction either. But like this whole so like, what are we ringing, arguing about? Well, this whole hand was ringing clearly on, a bad you idea. You need to be proven correct. You need to be yelled at, and you need some sort of verification and some sort of like, you know, uh, you know, yes, whatever. That Go you're, on. <laughs> no, I mean, because you, all you're doing is you're making a mountain out of a molehill, and oh, I'm hand wringing over the fact that. This was so horrible, and I'm so sad for these people and all this stuff. It's like, okay, cool, you didn't like the match, but like you, you've beaten this to death on how tragic and how ridiculous and all this other stuff. Like they've killed their careers, and it's just, it's really way over the top. Well, we don't way know. over the top, Bro. buddy. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> hold on a second. I just want to read this one more time. Okay. A guy got a dislocated hip, a broken nose, tendon damage to his finger, and severe lacerations to his back. And you're telling me I'm making a mountain out of a molehill? No, I think you're beating something to death and you're taking this and you really, I mean, you've obviously, I know it's one of those things you want to, you know, a hill you want to die on and what you want to plant your flag on and that's fine. It's just, I don't know, I think it's silly to me. So... (laughs) I'm going to get Kenta on this show, Go and ahead. I'm going to rattle off a list of his injuries, and I want you to say, it's silly, Kenta. No, I think you're silly. It's silly Brian. that he's mad I, about I think this. You're, yeah, I think your crusade here has been silly. So I'm going to punish you for this. You know how? I'm opening up the phone lines. Back in a moment, Observer Live. You heard me. Kent Vez. Phone lines are open, everybody. 844-913-2727 is the phone number. That is 844-913-2727. You can text me, 425-780-7566. Should have done the uh, prediction show today, but I didn't. Will springboards be outlawed in 2022 due to so many injuries seemingly happening off of them? We shall see. Well, dude, bro, this has nothing to do with springboards, dude. This has to do with a dangerous match that had consequences, mm. which is a, apparently a mole hill. Mm-hmm. Oh, mole hill. Jeez, look at you. Austin, Texas. Show us how this is done. You're on the air. Hey, Brian. Hey, Mike. Shout out to the Twitch homies. Uh, I was just calling to ask you if you knew about the uh, if uh, Josh Alexander had extended his contract with Impact Wrestling because he has been looking pretty strong these past few months, and I was just making sure that uh, you know he wasn't going to leave or anything because that would really be silly. All right, thank you. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> would be well, silly if he left. Uh, depends on where Especially he's going. Especially for more money. Yeah, it's, uh... I uh, I haven't heard an update on uh, Josh Alexander, but. Uh... I thought he was re- I could be I maybe I'm crazy because of what was going on with Actually you may uh, be right. Yeah, all ego uh Ethan Page, I mean they when they were teaming as what the North, uh I thought Alexander resigned. I could be crazy about that, but I thought he resigned. Obviously Ethan Page didn't. He went on to to AEW, but uh look, he is a he's a real feather in their cap and he is somebody that I think you know, I, the mainstream wrestling fan, they're going to have to really be pulled kicking and screaming over to him, I think. But I, I, if you see what he's able to do uh, with what Lee Moriarty and Daniel Garcia and Filthy Tom Lawler and Alex Shelley and Davey Richards, and you go down the list of people who are in that vein, Josh Alexander is as great of a wrestler as any of them. And I'd love to see him in New Japan strong. And I think Impact being that door, 
I think is is good. I think he's the type of guy that when Ring of Honor comes back, he's the guy I tap to be on my shows if I can get him for that weekend. I think he's outstanding. He had a match with Ruby Soho in AAW that I think they may have released for free on YouTube. They kicked ass. I mean, he's just a fantastic, fabulous worker. And Garcia, there are a lot of guys who had big years on the indies last year and in the last couple of years. But, man, if you're not watching Impact, you really ought to check out Alexander at the very least on some of the indies that he's done and some of the things that are out there for free on streaming services because he's fantastic. The WWE renamed the Elimination Chamber. Is that true? Oh, no. Well, in Germany they did. It says, I'm still laughing at WWE willing to rename Elimination Chamber WrestleMania Chamber to save themselves no. from the backlash. No. It's an email, so Ugh. I'll follow up on that here. AW has beaten Raw at 18-34 two weeks in a row. Dynamite has now beaten Raw 18-34 back-to-back for two weeks, 0.60 to 0.24 this week. That is the uh, second most important demo they know. Well, the most important one is 18-49. to Not the only one, but the most important one is 18-49. to And, in fact, they tied Raw this week. 969,000 viewers on TBS. Lowest viewership for Dynamite since December 15th. 18-49, to a 0.39 which matches the number drawn by this week's episode of Raw. Dynamite was third on cable for the night. Show was down 9.3% from last week. Still Dynamite's second highest rating in the demo since October. Raw had very slightly more viewers, 507 to 505, but it is essentially a statistical tie. Raw had very stiff competition in the form of a college football national championship game. Uh, Brendan Thurston had the quarters for the Dynamite show, and uh, uh, this was not pretty for those of you that watched the show. The show opened at 1.169 million viewers. Uh, Then we had CM Punk and Wardlow come into the ring. Uh, The show lost viewers during that match. For those of you angry at me for not thinking it was a success, uh, the show then fell even further to 949,000. It did go up above a million when MJF came back out. So now we're going to have to listen to this bloke brag about that till the end of time. And then it largely kind of stayed even in the uh, 900 range, uh, high eights from that point uh, forward until the end of the show. So from the beginning of the show to the end, uh, they lost over 200,000 viewers as the uh, Dynamite show went on. So not a great ratings pattern, but it's one show. So there you go. Yeah, you know, WWE this week on Monday, fascinating. (laughs) You know, not only do they have Monday Night Football, again, it's playoff football, and a lot more eyes on that game than some of these average uh, Monday night games. So it's going to be an interesting number. Whatever they do, it's going to be low in all likelihood. And if they can just hold on and hold tight to their older viewers, I mean, that's what they're going to need to do. And those people don't change. They're very set in their ways, and we talk about them a lot. And WWE just naturally has got more fans to to pick from but when you look at those 18 to 34 numbers and i know a lot of wwe fans will always point at the overall number and and point and make fun of the aew person that you know as they go back and forth but aew's got a higher percentage of their fans that are between the ages 18 and 34 and it's you've got to convert those people you know once they hit 35 Odds are, if you've got them by then, they're going to stick with you forever. And you look at the the disparity between 18 to 34 and the overall viewership of Raw. 
And it just it makes you shake your head because it's a bunch of people like Brian and I that I've talked about this before that have been through a lot of peaks in this business. We've gone through the last one with Cena. We went through one with Hulkamania. We went through the Attitude Era. We've, we've seen changes. We're the ones who are the most hardcore. We're the ones who are left. AEW is doing a better job right now, I think, convincing their fans and building their young fan bases and tra- making them longer-term, more passionate fans. We'll see how that all turns out. You know, Because of WWE size and influence, that could change at the drop of a hat. But as we move forward, especially if there's changes in WWE, if they're sold to a Fox, if they're sold to an NBC Universal, if something like that happens be interesting to see what the changes are and if those people you know that's an excuse for some people to maybe walk away from it for good at that point just it's very interesting to see where these demos are going to go and how we're creating new wrestling fans wwe is looking at rebranding the elimination chamber the wrestlemania chamber according to dave not official until it is announced so there you go well, that'll be your gimmick, then, after WrestleMania every year. I just, you know, I think, like, the backlash thing or the rebound, whatever the hell they called it, where they had all the rematches last year, to do anything right before WrestleMania or, or to waste your time in some ways after it with a bunch of rematches and not use it as a new, fresh start, it just it boggles my mind. It's not something I would do. All right, let's go to New York. You're on the air. What's going on? Hey, Brian, it's Mike from Buffalo. I have two questions about one about the men's and the women's rumble. I don't know if you heard the men's. Is there going to be like a uh, potential forbidden door surprise or whatever from impact uh, on the men's side or even uh, just like an ROH uh, displaced talent? And then with the women's, like all the firings and stuff, if they're already announcing, you know, people like Bree and, and Nikki and Mickey James and Lita, like what – what surprises could they have left? Because they've completely, Bro. I mean, like you, like you guys say, that they're at the bottom of the barrel with the women's division in that company. And it's like, like you said, there's 11 slots to fill. How, who could be these 11 other people that are bigger than like a Bella twin? It's like ridiculous. They don't have to be bigger. All three Toxic Attraction members will probably be in that match. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they can get a Trish. That To me, that's the only name that's out there that I think would – liven up people from the past somebody who'd get over get a huge response i mean trish is unsinkable you know if she steps out there everybody's going to fall all over themselves but other than that i don't know does rock c count as somebody that was cast off from roh who possibly maybe maybe we could see in the rumble i don't know do we got more than enough dudes i don't think we need anybody from impacts possible and no i have absolutely no idea where they're gonna get 11 more women nick but... aldis we'll <laughs> is he still see. signing that nwa deal we got another fella here. I see, from... That's a legitimate question if anybody knows. I mean, do you know? Is Nick Aldis still NWA? I mean, with Mickey James going in. I believe Nick Aldis just re-signed with him like a week ago. Did he? Oh, well, there's, there's that then. All right, New York, what's up? All right, Brian. So the other day, I noticed you called Grayson Waller. What's his face? I'd like an apology, please. Thank you. <laughs> Is this Grayson? <laughs> it's Grayson's peoples. Well, cool. Yeah, you know what you're not going to get, buddy? An apology. All right, Anthony, you're on the air. What's going on? Hey, Brian. Hey, Mike. For those who didn't listen to the Brian and Vinny show on Thursday, I totally recommend listening to Vinny talk about the Joe Gacy match. It's a classic. Lance Storm, I know you're listening. Please cover this on your show next week as well. Um, But the one guy from New York kind of stole my thunder. My question was, do you think... What about Grayson Waller? No, not that no. one. The other one. Oh, the one, the guy who was talking about them showing their hand by showing all of their surprises 
ahead of the Rumble. I think that's part of the joy of the Rumbles is the element of surprise. And it can't be to sell tickets because the Rumble is the draw. People always love the Royal Rumble. And I just think by, you know, showing all of the surprise entrance beforehand, it only eats a lot of the joy and the fun of watching the Rumble and the element of who is it going to be. And I just think it's foolish on their part, and I think they should save some surprises. And I wanted to get your thoughts on Well, brother, hold on a second. Hold on, buddy. I agree with this man. Well, I mean, I agree, but at this point, like, we have 11 surprises left for the women. 11! Usually you get, like, one or two surprises. We have 11. And as far as, like, the dudes, let's see how many guys we've gotten. But, Brian, don't we have, I mean, 11 How many guys do we even have? Okay, listen. For the guys, for the 30-man Royal Rumble, okay, yeah, we have Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford, Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, Austin Theory, Johnny Knoxville, Sheamus, Damian Priest, AJ Styles, and Biggie. We have 21 spots left. <laughs> so I, I feel with 21 remaining men's spots and 11 remaining women's spots, I think we've got room for a few more surprises. I would hope Could so. Could be wrong. I would hope that would be the case. And um, honestly, of all of the... that is what makes people happy. Of all of the women that they've mentioned, okay, the only ones that I could argue having not mentioned and making them big surprises would be the Bellas, because the Bellas kind of made it public that uh, Nikki was never going to wrestle again, and now she is. So that would have been like a big surprise. And Mickey, because she's the Impact... Uh, knockouts champion. But other than that, like Kelly, Kelly, Summer Ray, Michelle, Kuh, McCoy, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're there every year anyway. It's like everyone knows you want to see Kelly, Kelly. Well, get the Rumble. It's so one show per year. You're going to see Kelly, Kelly get thrown out of the Rumble in. But yes, there's still plenty of spots left for Dude. a. Uh, Cora Jade is going to be riding her skateboard to the ring for the Royal Rumble. Zoe, EO, Toxic Attraction. I mean, right there, there's six people to fill those spots. I guess, but they didn't want to use a lot of the the NXT women. Plants can change. Oh, yeah, they they say a lot. I mean, what what are they doing? What what is Toxic Attraction doing in NXT? I mean, the whole point of them being in NXT is to make Mandy Rose a star. I mean, they are so, of all the people they've invested in, Mandy Rose, and they want her to be a star. I mean... Now would be the time, right? All right. Let's go to Miami, lovely Miami, Florida. You're on the air. What's up? Going once, Miami. Going oh. twice. Hey. Yummy. Yeah. You know what that is, everyone? That's an old school Art Bell. Fail. Womp womp. Let's try one more. Oh, let's not try one more. Sorry, brother. Back in a moment, Observer Live. Scott cracks open, the walls falling through the floor. Just as well to keep it, I get some game in store. You're with me now, we'll be again. Other points in between, and the cruel, cruel mornings turn the days of swim or sing. Living right is easy. Well, look at this. What's that? Plays off of that uh, previous caller there. So Mickey James here did an interview with Ariel Hilwani and said that her, uh, her her Royal Rumble deal was originally going to be a surprise. And they decided not to make it a surprise. 
They wanted her to be one of the names they announced on Fox. Because it got so much traction, I guess. Well, but it did get a fair amount of traction just because she's the Impact Champion. But originally they were going to have her come back as a surprise entrant in the Rumble. And then they changed their minds and decided that they would just announce her on Fox. So she's back for at least the night. And was very excited, she said. No hard feelings about that whole trash bag deal. Oh, yeah. Well, she personally, hey. quote, was not as offended as the rest of the world was. And that her posting the picture was initially meant to be sarcastic. But some good did come out of the situation, as released talents, gears, and belongings will no longer be sent in that fashion. Yeah, I heard somebody actually had a good one. So why don't you hey, put no, it could be worse. They could charge her for the bag, like at the grocery store. Well, as if they put somebody said, put Mark Carano in the Women's Royal Rumble and just let them have at him. And I thought that was a pretty funny idea. So there you go. Well, that's the show for today, everybody. Canyon Seaman, I guess, was he the one? Was it Carano or Canyon that? Uh... Seaman is not going to fit in any of those bags. Now, <laughs> oh. Geez. Canyon Seaman. I wasn't sure if it was him or Carano, though, that put the stuff in the bags. I know they both had issues. People had talent had issues with both of them, but I wasn't sure. And, you know, when you got when Seaman's around, you, you might need some some bags to to protect yourself. And uh, hey, listen, I'm so happy we're this out of week time, is over everybody. With. My God, you weren't even here yesterday. You weren't here a couple days before that. Well, yeah. Anyway, we're out of time. I want to thank all of the viewers, listeners, Sports Byline, Twitch homies, top-tier YouTube subscribers. Head over to WrestlingObserver.com and sign up today for more of this. We'll talk to you next time, Wrestling Observer Live. You have been listening to the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8Side Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.